Hello, this is Bill Lytell again with Wisdom for Your Walk with some condensed, short, but thoroughly biblical uh, truths of life gained through a lifetime of Bible study, pastoring, witnessing, and living the Christian life. Today I want to talk about how does a person stay married for 50 years? How is it that a person, two people, decide to love each other and stay married for 50 years in a day of divorce and betrayal? Well, I'm going to give you some ideas biblically on how that happens. First of all, let me give all credit and all glory to God on the supernatural uh, process of finding a mate. I believe as a born-again Christian, when you find a mate, it is, a, it is of God. And it is his uh, help and selection for you. But let's say that you got married before you were saved. Even then, God works in your behalf because he knows the beginning and the ending. He knows he knew that looking down the road that you were going to trust him as personal savior. And he helps you with your mate. But let me, let me give you some heads up, just some practical stuff on how do you stay married for 50 years? Well, first of all, you got to want to stay married. You have to want to. I mean, if you're out there looking around, roaming around, surfing around, looking at other women, uh, continually making yourself discontented with the, with other women, more beautiful, blah, 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 and you're doing that, then you're not going to probably make it 50 years in marriage. You'll make it maybe far less than that. Marriage is not, I mean, I realize there's a, there's a sensual and sexual part of marriage, and it's not just for reproduction, but it's for the two becoming one flesh. It's for the intimacy of it all. With no other people on the earth are we this intimate than our husbands are to their wives, wives are to their husbands. It's a beautiful shared intimacy that can be done without sin because the Bible says in Hebrews, the bed is undefiled before God. So marriage is a institution that God established for morality well, for a lot of good things, keeps you from, you never have to worry about uh, STDs or sexual transmitted diseases. If you are faithful to one woman, one woman's faithful to you. You never have to worry about AIDS and never have to worry about all those things that come across humanity as punishment for promiscuity. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Uh, Christ loved us. He wanted us to prosper. You must Husbands must love their wives and want them to prosper. I consider my wife as my first best disciple. In other words, I'm a born-again Christian. Um, she's a born-again Christian. We both started out young in the Lord. We were young when we got married. We started out young in the Lord, obviously, like everybody else. And I began to read the Bible. I thought it was... Uh, necessary to know God. You had to know his word. So I began to read the Bible about three chapters a day in the evening before we uh, retired. And um, we would, my wife, I would say to my wife, which had no religious background before she got saved, let's read the Bible. And she was like, whoa, okay, okay. But it was strange to her. It was unusual to her. And it was something that she had never done. But we started reading together. See, leadership is about leading, not driving. Uh, I could have I could have told her to read her Bible, then chastise her for not doing it, and been all over, set all kinds of goals without helping her. But I thought, let's read it together. 
And what I would do is I would read out loud a chapter, and maybe three chapters one night. She'd read out loud three chapters the next night. And we'd go through it. We went through the entire Bible one year that way together. Then we did that a few years. We did it together. Once we got going a little wise, we started going off on our own schedules. She wanted to read it chronologically. I wanted to read it Old Testament, New Testament first, Old Testament second, stuff like that. So we changed maybe methods, and we started reading our Bible separately from each other. We still did some devotional time together with our child, which I absolutely highly recommend. But the key here for me was to love my wife. I decided to disciple my wife. If you love your wife, you want her to grow in Christ. If you love your wife, you want her to know the Bible. Listen to me. Husband out there, are you listening? If you let your wife, somewhere or another, not read her Bible, you don't really love her. If you loved her, you'd have her read her Bible. You say, well, preacher, she's resistant, she's lazy, she uh, she just she doesn't have much of a, a scheduling. That's what you're there for. You're there to help her be scheduled. You're there to help her uh, make it happen. You can use a reward system. You can, like I say, read with her if she won't do it on her own. Uh, but, brother, there is no excuses when you come before God someday and say, as the head of the house— you were not able to cause your first uh, disciple to do what was right. You weren't able to lead them, read with them. Now, you know, you're going to come up with 100 reasons, but I'm going to tell you none of them are going to hold. You as a husband must somehow make it possible that your wife reads the Bible and knows the Bible. Why am I so overly emphasizing this area? Because the Word of God is quick and powerful. It will it will solve a multitude of problems in every direction. Instead of running to some psychologist who never has raised a decent family, go to the Word of God who made you and made me and made children and knows how children act, knows the evil nature of man, and will give you advice on how to deal with children. You don't have to learn all this psycho babble about self-image and all this kind of stuff. You just need to know the Word of God. Let me tell you, it never gets old. It's living. It's quick. It's powerful. That means it's alive. It, 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 there is no better source of how to live this life in the Word of God. Now, if you don't believe that, then you don't practice it. That means you don't read your Bible. You say, well, I believe it, brother. I believe where you hold your old King James Bible up, and you hit it and hold it up in the air at church, and yay, King. you're a hypocrite. God, God would rather have you talk less and do more. He'd rather have you talk less about the King James Bible and how good it is and how wonderful it is and how God's given it to us, and he'd rather have you read it more and shut up about all that other stuff. How about you read the Word of God and you inculcate the Word of God to where, as old C.H. Spurgeon said, your blood runs bibline. I mean, you just have Bible blood, brother. When when I ask a question, you have a Bible verse come up in your mind. When you see when you see a problem, a Bible verse comes up in your mind. When you face an insolvable situation, a Bible verse comes up in your mind. That's when you have inculcated the Word of God and it begins to work for you. Uh, man, husbands, first of all, among anything, you'll be married 50 years, love your wives. Now, a woman will respond to that. A woman normally will respond to that when she knows she's loved. Let me say this. If you want her to stay with you for 50 years, she's going to have to be a mature Christian. 
she's going to have to mature as a Christian. If she stays sensual, if she stays carnal, she's probably not going to stay with you. She's going to run off with somebody else down the road. So it was self-serving for me to cause my wife, in any way I had to do it that was right and, and moral, to cause my wife to read her work, to read the Bible, go to church. Of course, these all these other things, but I want to emphasize the reading of the Word of God. In other words, I made the Word of God the center of my world. When you make the Word of God the center of your world, the old King James Bible, God himself will bless your work of your hands like he did Joseph, like he did Joshua, like he did Moses, like he did Elijah, like he did Paul the Apostle, like he did John the Apostle, and every one of the people God has served him. If you make God first in your life, all these things will be added unto you. You can there'll, there'll be problems you never even face that they solved, and God solved ahead of you before you ever saw them. And the problems you do see, God will be there for you, and he'll help you. Now, I know this is simplistic. I know it seems like overly simple. Please, please do not take it that way. This is maybe one of the treasures of all of the things I've done so far, because this will be how you can stay married for 50 years. And I don't mean I don't mean endure it. I mean enjoy it. I mean love being married and and at 50 years have a depth of love for your woman that you that you never even had when you were first married. Uh, it's just beautiful. It's wonderful. It's something that God intended for us to have, but he'll not give it to you if you're not willing to go after it. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. May it be so, some wisdom for your walk.